Hey, architecture firm owners and emerging leaders, get ready for unparalleled insight into the development of a world-class architecture firm and a worldwide organization driving the digital transformation of the design and construction industry with Build Smart, the podcast that's changing how our profession operates. We share the incredible stories behind innovation in the building industry with my friend and co-host, Patrick McLaney, FAIA, former CEO of the international architecture firm, HOK. You know, Yamasaki's office or firm lasted during his lifetime. And when he passed away, I think that was the end of the Yamasaki office. Helmut did not want that. He wanted a firm that would live out and grow beyond the founders. In season one, discover the untold stories behind HOK's meteoric rise, from 150 employees in St. Louis to a powerhouse with over 1,900 staff members and 27 offices worldwide. You know, they weren't as polite as the Kojima people. That was just boom. And anytime you have a creditor, whether it's Kojima or the bank, that wants their money, unless you can raise money someplace else, you are out of business. Bankrupt. Bankrupt. And hold on tight for season two, where Patrick takes us on a new adventure as chairman of Building Smart International, shaping the future of digital transformation in the design, construction, and operation of built assets. Ian Howell, Ken Harold, and I, Ken was my technical representative from HOK. The three of us took a tour of Europe of five cities in five days. Very busy time. Simply follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Build Smart Now and uncover lessons that will transform you and your architecture firm. This is the Entrepreneur Architect Podcast, episode 59. Welcome back to the Entrepreneur Architect Podcast. My name is Mark Arlapage, and this is the podcast dedicated to a successful life as a small firm architect. Whether you have plans to someday start your own firm, you're in the process of launching a startup, or you might be an experienced small firm architect just trying to make a difference, this podcast is for you. My goal is to inspire you to build a better business so that you may pursue your purpose with passion and live the life of your dreams. There is an invisible force occurring with every project we start, and it's working against us. It's working against me, it's working against you, and it's working against every architect at a very rapid pace, and you need to get things done before it shows up and finds your client. This week on the Entrepreneur Architect Podcast, I will share my experience with the inevitable priority shift. This episode of the Entrepreneur Architect Podcast is brought to you by Entrepreneur Architect Academy, a community of like-minded architects seeking to take their small firms to greater success. Membership at Entrepreneur Architect Academy includes the weekly live video conference where the members and I meet each week to discuss a specific topic on business, leadership, or life, and we work together to help each other become better architects. And membership also includes access to our private membership community where 
During the week, members post and communicate and share information in a protected forum. And as a bonus, members receive free access to all our products offered by Entrepreneur Architect for now and into the future for as long as they're members of the Academy. And in 2015, we're boosting things around here. We're going to do at least 20 new video courses. So you're going to benefit if you're a member. And there's going to be a lot more. So if you're interested in learning more about Entrepreneur Architect Academy, please visit entrearchitect.com slash academy. I am a residential architect and every residential architecture project starts months, maybe even years before a client ever approaches an architect. Our potential clients have saved their money and have prepared a budget and they've considered how long a project takes and they have a clear expectation for completion, even if most likely it's unrealistic. Thanks you, thank you very much to HGTV. And they've been dreaming about their project for months. And they have a specific scope of work and they have hopes and needs and they have specific unique custom features all dreamed up. So to reach this point, our clients have been through many different emotions and they've focused their priorities on this very specific moment in time to proceed. They finally, after all of this preparation and all of this dreaming and all of this, this back and forth in their mind, they're finally ready to pull the trigger and they finally want to get started. And on, on the day that the potential client contacts you, the clock starts ticking. Their priorities are aligned with the project. And if you're lucky enough to be selected as their architect for the project, their priorities will be aligned with your priorities. But that is going to change. Every project includes an inevitable priority shift, or as we call it here at Five Cat Studio, the IPS, inevitable priority shift. It is the moment in time when our clients change their minds in a big way, and it shifts their priority from completing their project to something else that has become more important. The IPS may be triggered by an endless list of causes. It could be an unexpected event, such as a sick family member or loss of employment, or it could simply be a change of mind on where they're going to spend their life savings. At Five Cat Studio, we have had the IPS occur from major household equipment failures, to job transfers, to new babies, and major property damage caused by hurricanes. Back in 2001, one of our first new house projects was derailed by the events of September 11th, an event that caused so many of us to shift our priorities. And more recently, we had two projects simply evaporate due to the IPS. And I mentioned them in the previous episode where I talked about how success is the result of working harder. You can go back to entrearchitect.com slash episode 58 and listen to that. But those two projects that we lost, one was a new house at the beach in the Hamptons, a dream job, right? The Hamptons, the, the playground of the rich and famous. And we had a design for a new house. There's a client that has uh, an existing house there that we're going to, to uh, basically tear down to the, to, the, to the piers. And we're going to design and build a new modern house with large glass windows overlooking the bay. And we designed it to the requirements of the owner and the requirements of the zoning code. And when we got it all designed and we are ready to go to the next phase, it's just not what they ultimately wanted to spend their money on. And we did nothing wrong. We designed it exactly the way the client wanted it. 
exactly the way the code would allow it. But the code did not allow them to get what they wanted. So they froze and they froze the project and they had an inevitable priority shift. It hit them right square in the nose and it hit us square in, in the pocketbook. But luckily, we recently found out that we may be getting that project back, but it's a priority shift. Things change and you need, to be, you need to get there before the client changes their mind. The second project that we lost recently was a whole house renovation here in Chappaqua uh, in Westchester County, just north of New York City where our firm is. And it was essentially a teardown. It was a big house and um, they started with a million dollar budget. And after developing the project and, and we went through full construction drawings, we were ready to bid it out. And, they've approved, and, they, and they had approved the budget, they, they grew the budget, and they approved the budget up to a $2 million project. So it grew beyond where they originally expected, to, expected it to be. And the investment in the property started pushing against the, the, uh, the, the value of resale. And they were okay with that because that's what they wanted. Um, and they were going to live in that house for a long time, and they were ready to spend that money. And then we, needed, we found out that they were going to need to rebuild their septic system. Septic system costs about $15,000. So a $15,000 decision happening at the wrong time, at the wrong place, was a tipping point. And that stress and the, and the, the maxed out budget won out. And it canceled the project. And they paid us in full and they moved on and they sold the house and they bought a new home. They had an inevitable priority shift. It happened. It's inevitable. It happens on every job. And it, by de definition, the IPS is inevitable. And your job as an architect is to beat the IPS. It's a mantra that we say in Five Cat Studio all the time. You need to beat the IPS. You need to make enough progress and proceed through enough of the phases to get to the project moving forward and completed before things change in the mind of the client. And if you can complete the project before the IPS occurs, you get three major things happen for your business. Number one, you end up with great photos of a great project for your portfolio. And number two, you get paid in full. And number three, you have a happy client, right? If you finish a job, you get to get photographs, you get to get paid, and you get to have a happy client, which gets you more work, right? But you have to beat the IPS. And how do we beat the IPS? The answer lies in my first rule of better project management. I talked about my 10 rules for better project management uh, at entrearchitect.com slash episode 30. I gave you actually 11 rules. It's actually, I called them my 10 rules. I gave you 11. Let me summarize them real quick. I'm not going to go through them all because you can go to entrearchitect.com slash episode 30 and listen to the whole episode and get all, all of details. But the first rule is <clears throat> to create systems for success. The second rule is know what they want as well as what they don't want. Sound familiar? Number three was listen carefully. Number four was estimate often. Number five was don't give your services away. Sounds good, right? Go back to episode 30 and listen. Number six is manage expectations and keep them informed. Number seven was build rapport with the contractor. Number eight was always provide construction administration. Number nine is have the courage to act. And number 10 is follow up with the client and bring a gift. And the bonus number 11 was photograph your projects. So those were my 10 rules, really 11, uh, for better project management success episode 30 check it out 
rule number one was create systems for success, right? And that is how you beat the IPS. You need to create systems. For every step of the process, you need to break down that process into smaller and smaller steps and document each steps in a project operations manual. And this will allow you to make each step as efficient as it can be and will let you complete each phase in a timely manner. Systems will also indicate to your client that you have the process under control, which will give them more confidence in you and ultimately more confidence in proceeding with the project through each phase. So you look at the process and you break it down. You build a system for everything you do and you document that system. A documented system will expedite your process and will give your team a rule book to follow. And the ultimate rule in architecture, it trumps every other rule, more than any other rule in architecture. Beat the IPS. Beat the inevitable priority shift. It's a race. It's a race to success. You will either beat the IPS or you won't have a project. The IPS, it's real. You need to be aware of it and you need to finish the project and collect your fees before the inevitable priority shift finds its way to your client. So homework, homework for this week. Last week, homework was to work smarter. I wanted you to turn off the TV, limit your internet, turn off notifications, and I wanted you to collect how many hours you found to work harder and then go to the show notes at episode 58 and share your results. This week, homework is to create one system, just one. Pick one task from your process and break it down into its essential elements. And I want you to document each small step and create one simple system to complete that task. And once you're done, go to the show notes at entrearchitect.com slash episode 59 and share what you did. Share which task you chose and how you did uh, a system for that one task. And I'm not asking you to do an entire operations manual or a big, long, elaborate thing. This should take you about 15 minutes. Pick one task and build one simple system just to show yourself how easy it is. And go to entrearchitect.com slash episode 59 and leave us a comment. Tell me you did it. If you like this episode, please go to iTunes and leave me a review because this is how you can help me spread the word about Entrepreneur Architect and our mission to become an influential force in this profession. Go to entrearchitect.com slash iTunes or in iTunes, just search for Entrepreneur Architect. You'll find us there. And just a reminder about Entrepreneur Architect Academy. For more information, go to entrearchitect.com slash academy. And that is a wrap for today's show. Show notes and a direct link to download this episode may be found at entrearchitect.com slash episode 59. Until next week, find your purpose, have faith, live with certainty, believe you can, and work harder 
and you will find success. My name is Mark Arlapage, and I am an entrepreneur architect. We'll see you next week on the Entrepreneur Architect Podcast. I've mentioned it to my family, but in terms of telling people like, oh yeah, we're doing this, I'm looking for projects. You got anything? Yeah. I'm, I'm not there yet because it scares the out of me. Dreaming of launching your own architecture firm? Well, we'll buckle up for a wild ride with Emerging, the podcast that shares what it's really like to start an architecture firm. Where do we begin? We don't even know what type of business to formalize as. Is it an LLC? Is it an LLP? Like how are taxes? I mean, the list is astronomical. Season one featured founders, Jeffrey, Lexi, and Chris, owners of Level Studio Architecture, are your fearless guides on this unfiltered journey from napkin sketches to a thriving studio. One evening, stumbled into one last dive, we sat at the bar and pondered our postgraduate futures. Amidst the conversation, a napkin became the canvas for our aspirations, sketching plans and milestones, sealing our heartfelt commitment and shared dreams. In drawing down dreams on a napkin collectively, that, (laughs) then, you know, in your head, you've rooted like, oh, I'm connected to these people, like long term. The process of starting an architecture practice brims with excitement and challenges, demanding meticulous planning, flawless execution, and unyielding resilience. I kind of hate the term because it's so overly used, but I think everybody knows imposter syndrome. And I think it's it's so real to this day. I, I, I don't know if it's with everybody, but with me, I'm always questioning like us, can we do this? Are we ready to do this? Are we prepared? Can we do it? Did we just decide a name? <laughs> we did it, guys. Oh my the one that God. came out of nowhere. Woo! It came out of nowhere. I liked it. I saw it. Ready to turn your aspirations into reality? Follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Emerging and chart your own path to architectural success. Calling all small firm architects. It's time to tap into your full potential with Entree Architects Context and Clarity, where inspiration meets innovation. Hey, it's Mark Arlapage, founder of Entree Architect, and I'm inviting you to join my two favorite co-hosts, Jeff Eccles and Katie Kangas, as they bring together authors, experts, and thought leaders for electric conversations with entrepreneur architects around the globe. It's not just a podcast, it's a community where dreams meet action. There is a simple equation there. And what for me, what that did, just doing that basic calculation was, it allowed me to compare what I had actually saved in my retirement accounts to what I thought a possible projected annual spend might be. Artists are temperamental, so beautiful design is gonna be a priority. When the job is done, we're gonna actually need to live in the house, not live with the person who designed it. <laughs> so for me, the, the artistic skill, the architectural skill is most important. And so I would say like, that would be 60% of it, if not more. 
gain insights to build a successful practice. Subscribe, engage, and let's redefine your future together. Join the Context and Clarity community, where every conversation adds to your blueprint for success.